Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. All over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here on Church Boy Confessions. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Church Boy Confessions podcast. I'm your host, Emmanuel Heke. Hope you guys had a great week. Hope you guys had a great start to this week. Uh, Start to your day, start to your evening, whatever it might be. Whatever time you're watching this podcast, um, yeah, it's definitely been a cool week for myself, um, and I'll give my testimony of what happened a little later. It's not for now, um, but God's been faithful in my life. God has been good. God has been answering prayers. Um, I'm, I'm a bit tired today, I must say. I, I do want to say that. So if I ever feel like low in energy today, I apologize. I don't know. Maybe I didn't get enough sleep last night, whatever it might be. Tired and I'm also very hungry, so maybe that's like has something to do with it. <laughs> but nevertheless, man, I always like to record the episode before I like go eat my junk food or whatever. Um, but nevertheless, man, we got this episode today. I think uh, we're talking about correcting other people. We're talking about um, how we as believers should be correcting our brothers and sisters in Christ. Brothers and sisters in Christ in particular, but I do think that a lot of this can go for correcting people in general. Uh, If we implement these things into our lives, I think that um, we can be able to correct other people without um, taking any fault of our own or being guilty of anything ourselves. Because let me tell you something, man, there's a whole lot of, you know, conversations going on in the Christian community. I'm not one to really like to discuss things about when it comes to pastors and men of God, but... Of course, a lot of people have been talking about Mike Todd and the whole Easter service situation. And if I'm honest with you, I'm not here to really present my opinion. I feel like of all the opinions that I've seen on TikTok, I mean, you guys have heard enough opinions on that. Um, But I I will say that that definitely inspired this conversation because, I mean, not just that, but also just it it really made me feel like we we need a crash course on on correcting each other. because we have to understand that we as a church are representatives. We are ambassadors of Christ. And I must say that all too often things happen where I just don't feel like we're being great ambassadors. And I'm not separating myself from this conversation. I'm a part of this conversation too. Because of all the things that we're going to talk about, I believe I'm guilty of it as well. And um, I'm hoping that us together, we can take the time to critique the ways that we have cre- we have corrected other people um, and how we can do better. How can we be more like Christ in that? Before I get started, um, a couple of announcements. Announcement number one. Well, there's not a couple of announcements. This is the only announcement. <laughs> uh, of course, you know, if, if you feel led to donate um, to our cause, to our ministry, to the things that we want to do, we have a poetry jam coming up August um, 26th. Saturday, August 26th, and of course, you'll be hearing more information about that, um, but we got a bill, ladies and gentlemen, we got a bill, um, and we would love your support um, just so we can continue to put on these shows and continue to do the things that we do, the day-to-day operations of the podcasting, the blogs, everything that we do. Um, if you would like to contribute, if you feel led to contribute, um, you can do that at www.unassociate.com slash donate, um, and I will say this, I want to thank you guys Um you know, for donating already. Um, we received a couple like really great donations this past week. And, um, I just, I just want to say thank you. You know who you are. 
um, from the bottom of our heart, man, because it is such a blessing. It is such a blessing. We do not take it lightly, and um, we really appreciate it. So if you would like to donate, if you feel led, um, then we would encourage you guys and you know to make that donation at www.unassociated.com. So, slash donate, sorry. <laughs> um, today we're going to talk about correcting other people. This is definitely, like I said, something that's important. I think that we all need a crash course on. Um, the question is, should we be correcting other people? I will say that a lot of times, you know, when we talk about correcting, we kind of conflate it with being judgmental and judging, right? Um, and I'm going to allow that conflation for this episode. So if I go from judging and correcting and I kind of conflate those two, I hope that that doesn't throw you off because um, I feel like they kind of go hand in hand. Um, but should we be correcting each other? I think that the, the, the straightforward answer is yes, we, we should be correcting each other. And, I, and I'll give you my points. Um, when I say correcting, I'm talking about pointing out sin. I'm talking about calling each other to repentance. I think that every Christian should be doing that. I think that's something that we've been instructed to do. Um, you know, I guess the clear answer I would tell you is that when Jesus, you know, his, 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 uh, sorry, what do we call it again? Oh my gosh, this is bad. Um, the, 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 the call, the call, what's the call's name? I'm so sorry. Um, the great commission, boom, God forgive me. The great commission, Jesus tells us, go out and make disciples of the world. He says, go and teach them my commandments, right? I'm not sure how you can teach one's commandments, without talking about repentance, without talking about sin, without talking about our need for a savior. I'm not sure how you can even communicate the gospel without talking about sin, without there being some type of point of correction. But nevertheless, there are objections that people have to us exposing sin or calling out sin or correcting other people or judging in general. Um, And some of the verses that they use to support this idea that Christians shouldn't judge at all is in Matthew chapter 7 and Romans chapter 14. And I'm going to read both of those places. And I'm sure that there are more places that they can think of to to foster up some type of objections. Um, but these are the two that I found. And I, I think it's good for us. To, I think these are these are Matthew chapter 7 is used a lot. So we're going to use uh, these couple of verses. All right. So Matthew chapter 7 verse 1 to 5 says, Judge not that you be not judged for with what judgment you judge, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. And why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plank in your own eye? Or how um, can you say to your brother, let me remove the speck from your eye and look, uh, um, I'm sorry, and look, a plank is in your own eye. Hypocrite, first remove the plank from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. All right. Um, so, yeah, a lot of people just kind of start at verse one where it says, judge not and that you be not judged. And they kind of completely ignore the context in which uh, the, the verse is surrounded. Right. Because essentially Jesus goes from there to talking into an example of you. You know, you have a speck, you have a log in your eye or you have a plank in your eye and trying to take out a speck of somebody else's eye, you're trying to call out their sin, you're trying to tell them about their sin. But you are committing the same sin or probably doing it even in a bigger way. That would make you a hypocrite, right? Hypocritical judgment is the issue um, that that's given to us in this context. And I think that this is not a general instruction for us to not judge or not to correct or not to expose sin, um, mostly because the ending of verse five, when it tells us how to remove the speck from somebody's eyes. And the first step to removing the speck from somebody else's eye is to remove the plank from your own eye first. So you are not a hypocrite. 
It doesn't say to leave the speck in your brother's eye. I, I, I don't think that Jesus was trying to say that at all. But it does say that before you try to remove the speck out of somebody's eye, make sure that you take out the plank in your own eye. Don't be a hypocrite. Let's go to Romans chapter 14. So in verse 10 to 13, Apostle Paul writes, But why do you judge your brother, or why do you show contempt to, for your brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, for it is written, As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then each of us shall give account of himself to God. Therefore, let us not judge one another anymore, but rather resolve this, not to put a stumbling block or a cause to fall in our brother's way. Now, this one, I think, is definitely um, a big one to argue. Um, and I feel like you kind of have to know, like, you have to really study this one to really be able to break it down. Um, a couple things. I think that when he's talking about judging here, he's talking about judging in the terms of like how we would view like condemning another person, which is a reason why he references, you know, the judgment seat of Christ when every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Kind of like the ultimate judge is God. Right. Um, and that's what he's saying. Uh, so we shouldn't condemn each other. And and to, to even back that point, I would say that in verse 13, when it says, I'm going to read it again. Therefore, let us judge not one another anymore. It says the word judge right there. But rather resolve this not to put a something block um, or a cause to fall in your brother's way. That word resolve in the um, in the uh, Greek that word resolve and the judge in the beginning of verse 13 are actually the same word. Um, so in a sense, he's saying like, hey, like, don't judge one another, but rather judge this not to put stumbling block or so, so and so. So he's still telling us to exercise judgment. Right. But not judge in the way of like condemn. And I hope that that makes sense. But if you have more questions, just hit me up personally, because that's the best I can do to explain that one right now. Ultimately, I think the best way to combat the verses that people say God is clearly saying not to judge is by using the verses where we're kind of told the opposite. And I think that we have the job of reconciling um, those verses with the verses that tell us uh, to judge. Right. Or to correct. Um, you know, we believe that the Bible is the inspired word of God. Right. We believe that um, even these authors, a lot of these like man authors are the same. Um, so we have to see where if we're going to talk about what the Bible says on a topic, we have to collect all of what it says on that topic and then reconcile them. Now, some people will say, you know, a lot of people who have a secular approach to the scripture would say that, um, you know, you, you're not supposed to reconcile them. They're just saying two different things because they don't believe that the that the Bible is the inspired word of God. But I do. <laughs> and I feel like I've talked about that enough. But nevertheless, let's look at the other things that the Bible says. Uh, John chapter 7, verse 24. See, Jesus says to, to the people, I, think, I believe it's the Pharisees he was talking to that were judging him. He says, do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. Um, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 2. This is Apostle Paul again. It says, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke. Rebuke, 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 exhorts with all long suffering and teaching. Second Timothy, Second Timothy, chapter three, verse sixteen to seventeen. This is Paul's Paul again. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped 
for every good work. Galatians chapter 6, verse 1. It's the Apostle Paul again. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. So, we have verses that are telling us that correction is something that we ought to do. Restoration, helping people restore their relationship with God or get back on their walk in Christ and taking it seriously. All these different things we are charged to do. So we can't just say that the Bible says don't judge. We have to look at what the Bible says as a collective. We have to understand that there are different contexts under which judging or exercising judgment is sinful. And judging and exercising judgment is the thing that we ought to do. I would say in conclusion, when we correct people, or at least this is what the Bible, I think, is trying to, we're well, not trying to, but what the Bible says is that when we are correcting people, we need to make sure that we are not guilty of um, hypocrisy. We're not guilty of hatred. We're not guilty of certain, you know, intentions that are not of God. Uh, but instead, when we are correcting people, we need to make sure we are in line with Scripture. And really leaning into Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, is that we need to make sure that we have the spirit of gentleness. And that's where I really want to hone in on today. The spirit of gentleness. So important because it's with that spirit we can restore a brother who is overtaken by trespass with the spirit of gentleness. Everybody calls the church judgmental nowadays. Judgmental, judgmental, judgmental. Everybody's judgmental. Every time that you correct somebody about a sin that they're doing, Apparently, now you're judgmental. So I looked up the definition of what it meant to be judgmental on Google. And this is the definition that I got. Having or displaying an excessively critical point of view. Okay. That's a cool, that's a cool definition. But I think that there should be a more fitting definition that really is informed by the negative feelings and emotions and ultimately the negative connotation of the word judgmental. I think that judgmental is when or you call something judgmental when the judgment or the correction from that person lacks love and is filled with pride. Ultimately, I think hatred and pride are what remain when we are not trying to correct or judge things or people with the spirit of gentleness. We need a spirit of gentleness. I have to ask you this question. What is your intention? I think that's the first thing that we have to do. The first thing we have to do when we're trying to correct someone, especially our brothers and sisters in Christ, everyone, honestly, we need to first analyze our own intentions. Because let me tell you something. Your intention should be to restore restoration 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 that should be your intention when correcting other people because you want them to repent and you want them to come to their senses you want them to understand what you're saying you want them to see it your way 
You want them to change their ways and get back in line with Christ. That is what you want. And the reason why you want that is because you care about them. You want them to please God. You care for their soul. You care for the souls that are influenced by them because you love them. Because you love them. Whether they're a friend or whether they're a foe, you love them, right? Because that's the instruction that we've been given, not only to love the people that love us, but to love our enemy. And we're able to do that with Christ in us, right? When you opened your mouth to correct someone, did you do it because you genuinely cared about them? Did you do it out of a place of love? Did you do it because when you were speaking, you were saying that this is going to be, hopefully, this is going to be what helps them to change their behavior so they can be restored? Or were you angry? Or did you feel disrespected? Or did you feel offended? And you acted on it. You responded with those emotions, with that mindset, with those spirits. And the spirit of gentleness was completely absent. The instruction is to have a spirit of gentleness, ladies and gentlemen. But unfortunately, I must say, man, that's not what I see on TikTok. And y'all know what I'm talking about. And sometimes we entertain it as well. You guys know the accounts that I'm talking about. I don't want to call, call anybody out by name. You guys know the people that I'm talking about. And honestly, if you're offended at me even saying something like this, if the glove fits, there are some people who have committed their entire personal brand to calling everything demonic. Conspiracy theories, conspiracy theories about this pastor, about that pastor, about this leader, about this singer, about this. Man. And look, I'm not saying that they're always wrong, even. I, I'll tell you, sometimes I think that they got it on point. But sometimes it's like, man, like, I, I sit back and I think to myself, like, at this point, bro, we're saying everybody's demonic. And I'm not sure if that's if that was demonic. I'm not sure if that was of Satan. Like, I, I don't know. And it's like, let me say this. Let me let me back up for a minute. I'll, I'll talk about that for a second. But let me say this. We have to understand something. <clears throat> we're not seeing anything new. The division and the quarreling in the church, <clears throat> it's not new. You know, like, and, and I think when we when we have certain platforms, social media, like, we have to understand. Somebody even told me, to, it's not that all this division just started now, or all of this quarreling just started now, or all of this nonsense, the, the, the comparison and the low self-esteem, all of it started now. But it's more so that all of these things have been intensified and been given a platform with social media. And I'd agree. I mean, we've had quarrelsomes, quarrels and and uh, divisions in the church since the Bible days. What was it in Philippians? Uh, I forgot where it was in Philippians. I think it was Philippians 4 when Apostle Paul was talking about these two women that were beefing. He was like, hey, y'all squash that beef. <laughs> like there's been quarrels in the church. There's been there's been, you know, fights and divisions for forever. But. I think what the part that I don't like is that given the fact that we have something like TikTok and we have something like social media and YouTube and stuff like that, um, all of that 
that might have just been in the church is now put on display for everyone who's not even in the church. And I'm just thinking like, man, this is really distracting a lot of evangelistic or evangelical efforts. I must say, like, I, it must be doing that. It must be doing that. When I look at the people that are correcting nowadays in my generation, I don't see the spirit of gentleness. I don't see it. If I'm honest with you, I see clout chasing. I see people calling everything demonic. I see people saying that this is what God told me and pretty much every Christian that has more than 500,000 followers on anything is a worker of Satan. And th and then the points that they'll give you is because the person sinned. <laughs> and I'm just like, brother, oh, brother. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying people that don't be workers of Satan out here. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm just saying, if you're going to call somebody a worker of Satan, I'm going to need more than just the fact that they sinned. Because, my friend, look, all have sinned. And falling short of the glory of God, including your pastor, including your favorite gospel artist, including the Christian influencer, all have sinned. They are not an exception, guys. But when they do, it's like, oh, you're a worker of Satan. Oh, you're demonic. Oh, you're... And it's just like, ugh. them sinning and falling short doesn't make them demonic. It makes them sinners. Because not every time you're sinning, it's because you're possessed by a demon or a demon is harassing you. A demon is telling you to... You have a sinful nature. You're a sinner. You fell short. You did wrong. Whether it was deliberate, whether it was unintentional, you sinned. And all of us do. All of us have. And we can't continue to say that every time we see that it's demonic. You're a worker of Satan, worker of Satan, worker of Satan. If that's the case, all of us are. I've been thinking to myself, like, man, you know, Unassociate got some clout now, but imagine if Unassociate had more clout. When is it going to be our turn that somebody makes a YouTube video or a TikTok video about me? I'm scared. Mess around and find a video of me, you know, nodding my head to some secular music, and then they're like, ah, he's demonic. <laughs> he's a worker of, of Satan. It's like, oh, snap. Or well, I'm hanging around some of my friends that are maybe doing something they're not supposed to be doing. I don't see this. It's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's going on? Demonic? I don't know about that one. And I'm not saying things aren't demonic. I'm not, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is that um, let's make sure that if we're even going to make that claim, what we have to back it up is more than just somebody committed a sin but it's that like when you when you when i hear worker of satan i'm i'm thinking of somebody that's like has pledged their allegiance you know what i'm saying and honestly i feel like it also takes away from like the strength of the word demonic if you call everything demonic then it's just like at some point people are just not gonna care and if i'm being real with you and this is the part where i didn't even exactly plan to say this but i think that there are also some content creators that know and use that word demonic and other words alike to provoke you know what i'm saying to like 
Because that's what's going to get the clicks. People are scared of demons. People are scared of Satan, so on and so forth. So if you always are talking about Satan and demons and Satan and demons and demonic this, demonic that. And we know that the conspiracy theories are very entertaining sometimes. I'll be watching. Man, I ain't going to hold you. There's some rabbit holes that I went into because it's just like, wow, that's crazy. <laughs> we know what gets the clicks. We know what gets the likes. We know what gets. I mean, we know. And some of us are abusing it. Some of us were in the wrong. And you need to repent, bro. Sis. <laughs> when I see us correcting each other nowadays, I, I see pride. I see a lack of love. I see gossip and I see slander. Not correcting. I see slander. What are we doing? We ought to have, oh my gosh, my laptop is about to die. <laughs> Pause. <laughs> All right, sorry. <laughs> um, we have to have a spirit of gentleness, guys. We have to be soft. We have to be calm. We have to be loving. We have to be meek. Like, And that's not to say like you have to care about people's feelings and please people. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about doing this in order to please people i'm talking about doing this in order to be in line with scripture galatians 6 1 that the purpose the intention behind us correcting each other is restoration not to make people feel bad not to lay the hammer down and make people feel guilty and shame it's for restoration but we don't uphold these things sometimes. And I think I can think of a couple reasons as to why we don't uphold these things. One of them is because we get mad. We get mad and we get mad way too easily sometimes. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes we we have absolute like as much anti-Christian nonsense goes on in the world. We have reason to be mad a lot of the times. Right. Especially when we start to see our own brothers and sisters start to do that same thing. But don't get it twisted, man. Like. The Bible still instructs us to be slow to anger, you know, like somebody just did something against you or somebody just did something that you feel like is embarrassing to the body of Christ that doesn't make us look good, so on and so forth. Like, I get it. I get how we can be mad. But at the same time, we also have to make sure that our reaction, our response is being judged by God as well. When we correct, we can be sinning as well if we don't do it correctly. And how can you be mad calling somebody, you know, bad because they're sinning while in you even doing that, you're not doing it with a spirit of gentleness and you're sinning. Talk about this, the plank that's in your eye trying to take out the speck in somebody else's eye. James chapter 1 verse 20 says, So then, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Period. So stop doing everything out of anger, pure anger. Stop doing it. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 16 to 27 says this. This is very important. I love Ephesians chapter 4. It says, Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Ephesians chapter 4 is all about the unity of the church. I love Ephesians chapter 4. If you want to know what a ministry should be aiming towards and what it should look like, a successful ministry look like, read Ephesians chapter 4. 
because it says that we ought to be pressing towards a, a unity in love and truth, not just love, not just truth in love and truth. Everyone should be working together and doing their part in order to come together as a body of Christ and us to edify our, ourselves. And then Apostle Paul gives instructions on how we ought to conduct ourselves to make sure that this is happening. And one of the things he said was, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil, because the devil wants the division of the church. And when we do things out of anger, especially correct each other out of anger, we can potentially be giving place to the devil. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. We could be giving him space and opportunity to do his thing, divide, destroy. Look, if you can't control your anger, hold off on your correction, hold off on your rebuke and wait till you cool down until you can then operate in the spirit of gentleness. Do this. That's what my dad used to tell us when we were kids. Rather than tell us shut up, he'd be like, do like this. So disrespectful. I'd probably rather be told shut up. <laughs> do like this. <clears throat> Don't. Mm -mm. Just stay silent. A lot of us, we don't incorporate spirit of gentleness also because of our own pride and our own religiosity. Don't get me wrong. I don't like when people like me are called religious folk. Because we don't like sin. Like, people say, oh, see, the religious folk going to get mad. Religious folk going to be mad. I mean, nah, your pastor's just tripping. Like, you feel me? Like, you're just tripping. And, like, that's what it is. Like, it's not about religious folk. But sometimes it is about religious folk, though. But like, I, just, I just like when people always say, like, you know, somebody calling out sin or somebody do, saying they're religious folk. No, that was just uncomfortable. Like, and and... That's that's that. Like, I don't think that that that's good. I don't think that that's, um, you know, holy. But nevertheless, man, there are people who are still having this mindset of justification by works. Some people don't even really like sit down and reflect on the fact that they are still in this mindset of justification, justification by works. Um, and when we have the spirit of religion and the spirit of pride in us, I mean, cause they go hand in hand. Um, I think that that disables us of correcting other people with the spirit of gentleness. And I'll tell you why one of my professors had told me, and, and I love it because this is so true. The reason why Christianity is not a religion of legalism, which is essentially a system where you follow laws in order to be righteous. That's, that's how I'm going to explain it in the simplest way. The reason why Christianity cannot operate in terms of legalism is because when you incorporate legalism and when you approach legalism with our sinful hearts it's not going to purify us but instead it's going to cause us to think we are morally superior to other people uh, there's a moral superiority complex that many of us will develop in that we think we are better than the people who keep less laws than us and the crazy thing is that causes us to grow pompous and prideful. And now we're sinning because God resists the proud. 
Because we have to understand it's not about keeping more commandments than others. The Pharisees thought it was about keeping more commandments than others. That's the reason why Jesus gave us the parable of Luke chapter 18, verse 10 to 14. And we're going to read it now. It says, two men, this is Jesus giving this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray. One a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And a tax collector, standing afar off, would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Verse 14, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you something. If you think you're better than other people because you keep more commandments, I'm telling you, that does not justify you. That Pharisee was keeping more commandments than the tax collector. But in doing that, he developed a moral superiority complex. And God does not like that. God does not like that. That's prideful. And he resists the proud. And let me tell you, another thing that that pride will do, or that pompous will do, is make you have less compassion for other people, which is something you need in order to be correcting them with the spirit of gentleness because you want them to be restored. Hmm. Let me say this last point, which I think is really interesting, and, and I really hope that it blesses you. When we're trying to correct people, let's say you have the spirit of gentleness. Let's say that you were humble, you were meek, and you come to this person, you said, hey, this is the sin that I've seen you do, and I think that you should stop. This is the scripture that I have to back it up, and I think that this is something that you should stop. Let me tell you something. You can correct someone with the spirit of gentleness, with the supporting scripture, with all of that, and they still won't listen to you. That is very possible. And they still won't listen to you. They will ignore you because you having the spirit of gentleness is not what transforms them. Because ultimately, ladies and gentlemen, we have to understand our role. The Bible tells us to call people to repentance, not to make people repent. I need us to all get this. And when we get this, I'm telling you, it's even relieving. A lot of pressure is taken off your shoulders. I need I'm going to say it again. The Bible calls the Bible tells us to call people to repentance, not to make people repent. That means that we can go and we can say that this is sin. We can go and we can correct this person and say this is wrong. We can stand away. We, can, we don't have to support nothing. We don't have to give our... No, we don't got to do nothing. We can do what we ought to do. Follow the instruction that it gives us to restore, try to restore our brothers with a spirit of gentleness. And they're not restored. Maybe they cussed you out to your face. 
Maybe they say, get away from me. Maybe they say, I don't want to hear another voice, another word out of your mouth. You have to understand. That's not the time for you to now feel offended and now now your ego's hurt or your pride is hurt because now they're not listening to you. It's not they're not listening to you. You call them to repentance and they did not repent. That's it. You've done your job, ladies and gentlemen. Because you don't have the power to make someone repent. That's not your role. That's not you. You know whose role that is? The Holy Spirit. My, my cousin has said something to me. I'll never forget it. It's not my job to change anybody. That's the Holy Spirit's job. That's not my job. That's not your job. So stop feeling offended when you correct somebody and now they're not changing. You did your job, brother. Look, my friend. You're good. You did what you were supposed to do. And that person continues to go in the direction that they want to go. Pray for them and all that. Pray for them, so on and so forth. But but you can't make them repent. The words that come out of your mouth cannot make them repent. That is not the power that you have. That is between that person and God to repent. You don't have the power. And therefore, you don't have that responsibility. So take it easy. And don't take it personal when they don't listen to you. You said your peace. Remember, we are God's vessels. We're who he uses to speak to people and reveal things to people, so on and so forth. And that's it. That's our role. It is not our role to now indwell ourselves within this person's heart. And purify them from the inside out. We can't do that. <laughs> we can't do that. That's not us. We are his vessels. And we ought to do things how he wants us to do things. And the Bible tells us. The word of God tells us that when. One of us. Are overtaken by trespass. Us who are spiritual. Ought to restore him with the spirit of gentleness. That's our aim. To try and correct and reprove and, and, and help him get back. But at the same time, if that doesn't work, remember, it's not your responsibility. It's not the time for you to think that it's oh well, he just cussed me out oh he just you know ignored me and disrespected me oh he's not ignoring you she's not ignoring you they're they're ignoring somebody a lot more important <laughs> so correcting should we do it yes but we need to make sure we do it correctly because there's a lot of ways that we can do it incorrectly and sinfully And give place to the devil. So all in all. Make sure when you correct. You do it correctly. And the results of that. Might not be what you expect it to be. Or what you want it to be. But nevertheless. You are his vessel. Do things how God wants you to do things. And let him do the rest. Okay. One of these days, 
I don't know if I, I can do like a whole episode on this, but we also need to talk about the side of receiving correction as well. Um, we're not going to do that today. Maybe we'll do that next week. If we don't do it next week, I'll make sure we do it soon. But yeah, um, I hope that was helpful, guys. I hope that was helpful. And, you know, come on, you know what I'm saying? Like we're ambassadors. Let's make sure that we're representing our Lord and Savior correctly out here. Um, no low blows. Let's be very careful what we call demonic. There are stuff that are demonic out there. I'm not saying that that's never the case. There are some people that can be workers of Satan. I'm not saying that that's never the case, but please let's make sure that we are doing things correctly. We are correcting correctly. We are judging righteously, um, so on and so forth. All right, let's pray. Father God, thank you so much for this episode. Thank you so much for this word. And I pray that it truly just, you just help us and instruct us, Father. Show us. We, we can be given the word, but we need you to help us. Um, and show us our own error. Show us how we can apply these things to our lives to make sure that we have the intention of restoration when we are correcting other people. And that when we do that, Lord, we have the spirit of gentleness in the mighty name of Jesus, O oh God. Father, all anger that might be within us, all pride that might be within us, Father God, let it be destroyed in the mighty name of Jesus, O oh God, and help us to operate um, how you want us to operate, to submit to the way you want to do things um, in our lives and in the lives of the people that are around us. And submit to how you want us to play our role in other people's lives, oh God. Um, to not go ahead of you, um, to not lag and be reluctant behind you, oh God, but to be in step with the Holy Spirit um, in this in this topic, Lord, and in every topic in life, oh God. Um, and I just pray over everybody's week, everybody's day, oh God. I don't know what it's like, Lord Jesus, but I just pray that you show them you are God in their situations, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. Love you guys. Hope you guys have an amazing, amazing week. Um, let me know if you guys have any, have any questions. Hit me up on IG um, or hit me up on, uh, you know, topics and suggestions through the website um, and so on and so forth. Appreciate y'all. Peace.